Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach. Happy Mama Truth Monday, mamas. It's Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach here and creator of the Mama Truth Circle. And today, I just have a question. Are you ready to love yourself like a mother? (laughs) Um, And love yourself like a mother with intentional justice. We have an awesome guest today. Her name is Jillian Mama J. Roth. Her website is mamajlove.com. And she is a mamapreneur and a love leader. She's an equity consultant, a mindset coach, who is driven by intentional justice and revolutionary love. And today we're going to dive into loving yourself like a mother with intentional justice. So Jillian, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. Well, um, I love it. I love Mama J Love. I just, <laughs> and I love getting your emails. I'm on your email list. I love oh, your emails. And they always feel like these warm hugs coming across, just reminding me to mm. myself and honor myself. And I also love this whole topic of intentional justice and really wanting, I know for me and my family to raise my own daughters to really believe in intentional justice. So I'm excited for us to really dive into that topic today. I would love to start with you just talking a little bit about your story and what brought you to doing the work that you're doing in the world. Yeah. Um, Wow. I mean, I feel like when I stop to think about my story, right, I mean, it, it begins with me joining this world. Um, mm. I can't, I can't, I feel like I can't start my story without saying I, you know, we all have struggles and families can be difficult and challenging. Um, but love was always there. Um, I did at the end of the day, always know that I was loved and taken care of. Um, And so that I feel like is really at the root of my story. And, you know, when you think about the possibility of starting a business, right, you really think about what do you value. And I've always known I've had, I have a big heart, I have a lot to give. And so love just felt really organic in that way. Um, But in terms of like, how I came to this, what feels now like this lovely framing, right, of love yourself like a mother, there was a lot of loving myself like a mother, (laughs) right? Um, It didn't start off that way. Almost five years ago, I started a much different business, um, starting with a hobby of making jewelry, which I have a little bit of it on today, um, which is still a passion of mine. And, you know, like many businesses, you realize that in your journey that you you start off one way and you realize along the way that some things are better left as a hobby. <laughs> and so this journey has really been about tapping into my own skill set and really surfacing what's always been there and identity, exploring who I am and the intersections of that, the beauty of that um, is really what's risen to the surface. And so you know, to be quite frank, I, I know that part of the intention really came into play as my wife and I started building our family, um, as a two, as a queer family, two mom family, 
um, yeah, we had to make very intentional steps to create um, our child. And so as I began reflecting and was in this transition, I knew that um, intentionality was part of it. Part, you know, sometimes you have to have that reflected back to you to truly know it. Um, but justice, intention, love have always been there. And so it's really just been kind of working it out um, in the magic and messiness, as you like to say, of motherhood. Yeah. For you, when you use the term intentional justice, can you just define what that term really means to you? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I like to keep it simple. I believe that it's bite-sized, deliberate, daily action. So, you know, we're not talking about saving the world every day. Um, I'm talking about the choices that I believe we actually already make. It's not about making major shifts, at least not in the beginning. It's about owning the choice and intentions you make, both as a mama, as a parent, as a human, right? Um, I mean, I think, I know, right, just as a mama, the intentionality of having a home birth, the intentionality of wanting to breastfeed, but the reality of how painful it was, right, in the beginning of like, what, you're latching, I don't get what's going on, how is this gonna work, how's it gonna get better? Um, but then now, like, almost two and a quarter years later, like, it's still working, right? Um, so you're, it's, yeah, it's that idea that you just, you take the baby steps. I used to um, work with young people when I first moved to the Bay Area and something that I know resonated with them because I actually got a pair of like baby shoes at one point was that I kept just saying to them, baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> um, and so it's really that idea, one foot in front of the other. How do you feel like for you, I mean, obviously right now with the political climate, the way that it is, and with the person inhabiting the White House who is, what, you know, how has that impacted your work and your family and your daily baby steps towards intentional justice? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I, I had a feeling we might go have that part of our conversation. And something that I really honed in on is um, in our household, we do not refer to 45 by name. We refer to him as 45. Um, and for us, that is intentional um, because we, you know, whether people like it or not, he does not feel like our president. Um, not just simply because we didn't vote for him, but because, yeah, I feel like every daily action that we've seen so far is actually against how we show up in the world, both, um, or for myself as an individual and us as a family. Um, I think, you know, owning that we live in the Bay Area um, and there is definitely perception that we live in a complete bubble. I would argue that there are pockets of bubbles. Um, and we even find ourselves here, right? Looking around and being like, okay, me and Jalen are the only person of color in the room. How did this happen? You know, or wow, we're in the, like, that moment, right? When you're like, oh, we're in the Bay Area and this is still possible. So um, it's been a lot of checking in and as we were talking about before we hit the record button I think I know in a lot of ways you know many of us have been trying to figure out what it looks like what these next four years will look like and I think um 
yeah, it's starting to rise to the surface, owning more of our family story and um, owning that the experience is different as we, as we live in our current world. Um, and also when we leave the Bay Area, right? That it, it's more heightened when we leave um, into different scenarios. Um, but that it also is a reality in our daily lives, no matter what bubble you live in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so I'm going to um, assume that the mamas that are watching and listening right now, I'm going to make a big assumption here. So I'll just name it. Um, I'm going to assume that we want to have intentional justice, that many of us are not okay with things like the Muslim ban and all these other actions that, um, you know, he who inhabits the number 45, as you say, um, you know, of, of the actions that he's taking. So I'm just going to make that leap. And if that's not true for you as a listener, um, maybe I'll lose your listenership right now. And I'm okay with that. Um, and, um, and what I want to say is that I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that we really want to be part of the movement that says, no, that's not okay. And part of the movement of intentional justice and, and of how that we can show up as moms to raise children that aren't tolerant of other people, but actually celebrate diversity and celebrate, yeah. you know, our differences and understand that actually our differences are what make us beautiful and what make us strong and what make us unique and that that's humanity and how wonderful that is. And so I'm making that assumption. What advice can you give us of how we can better show up to really create more intentional justice and to really find what our specific flavor of that is for us in our own families? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know from my own journey that identity is a key piece. And I think there's often or historically been a talk, right, of like, it shouldn't be about identity politics and we've moved beyond that. And I think our current scenario has also showed us that if we show or kind of put a blind eye or, you know, even be colorblind to race and ethnicity, um, that there's a lot lost, um, not only in the knowledge we gain about ourselves, but how we show up and how we um, interact with other people. And so identity for me is really at the root. I mean, I can say even in our cho choice of donor had an impact of identity. Um, knowing we, we wanted that option for our daughter to know who her donor was um, when the time was right. Um, the daily books, right? What are the books that um, reflect our family? And there's not perfection in that. There isn't a lovely book that shows a transracial two-mom family um, with dreads and, you know, short hair. Like, we need to create that book if we really want to see it. Um, but there's those choices. And I also think, or I've realized that the conversation, it's not, there's not an age limit to the conversation. I think we actually fall into a bit of adultism, thinking that um, our kids aren't ready or we have to wait till they're at a developmentally appropriate age. Um, you know, it began with talking about what our family looked like, right? Telling Jalen she has two moms. Um, telling, saying like, yes, your skin is brown. My, my skin and your skin's brown. Mommy's skin is white. 
um, right? I mean, you definitely change the way you talk to your kids depending on their age, but, and I know it's about owning it, right? Owning our identity and being comfortable talking about it because if we're not comfortable talking about it, A, with ourselves and with our spouses and partners and co-parents, then it's going to be harder with our kids. And if it's hard with our kids, it's going to be harder when you step out the door, right? Um, and so I think, yeah, it's having those conversations as a family and, and being proud, right? I mean, I'm not saying change who you are. I'm saying own and really honor um, the parts of yourself that you love, that you value. It's, it's raising that to the surface. Um, to really own it and honor it. And then when you, once you do that, right, then it's easier to know what, what steps to take. Um, yeah, I think that's what it really boils down to. And it, like honoring, like, come on, mamas, we make thousands of choices a day, right? Um, and sometimes they get celebrated and sometimes they don't. Um, and we have the choice, right, to empower ourselves to know that those those actions those choices matter um yeah yeah well and i you know this is you know for those of you that are that are listening in here who haven't um listened to the race relations series that i did on the mama truth show a while back definitely recommend going back to that to those shows and those resources and one of the things that we talked a lot about during that series um, was about, you know, white privilege and was also about how, for me as a white woman, that I never got training in how to talk about race and that most white people that I know haven't had any sort of training. It was actually something, you know, when I grew up, in, you know, when I grew up in the San Francisco Bay area in a liberal area and what have you, <laughs> it was just, it was considered not polite Mm. about race so you were yeah. supposed to be colorblind and you were supposed to be you know and so as I, I feel like and this is why I'm so excited about the work that you're doing mm -hmm. is because I feel like we need as many people as possible stepping up to teach people how to have honest and courageous conversations mm -hmm. about race about differences about um, how we want to raise our children about how we can raise our children to celebrate diversity as I was saying earlier and I feel like that's something that a lot of white people in the world have never received any training on at all. And so we avoid the topic altogether. And then suddenly your little, you know, two, you know, three-year-old or kindergartner comes home and asks why so-and-so skin is dark and their skin is light and they don't know, understand it. And then you just shush your kid because you don't have any language or training in what you're supposed to say. As mm -hmm. You know? Totally. And I feel like, you know, to be fair, there's no training either, right? On the other side, I mean, I should also say, right, if we're talking about identity, I identify as a black queer mama, um, and my mom is white and my dad is black. So I definitely can navigate both sides. I identify as being a, you know, outsider, insider within, right? Like depending on communities. I know how to kind of work the game, code switch, um, as folks, you know, reference. Mm. And um, a lot of those conversations were happening in my family because I was like, wait a minute. I mean, a pivotal moment that I, you know, will never shake is that moment of taking my first standardized test and having to choose in a bubble my race and being like, wait, we never talked about this. How am I supposed to choose? And 
right? I'm in first grade and I'm like, I don't want to choose. That means I'm choosing my mom or I'm choosing my dad. Where's the like intersection? Where's that middle point? And so, right, like that's where it really began, right? Of being like, wait a minute. Um, and also my family not having that conversation. I mean, they were on the cutting edge, um, you know, just a few years after the Lovings got, you know, change the game, right, in terms of policy and um, interracial marriage. And so, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And I just know as a parent, I want to do everything I can to set myself up and our family up, my daughter up, um, to feel comfortable having those conversations so when she's out in the world, it doesn't feel depleting or bad or you know and and I know the intention of every parent is never for that to happen um and I think that's where you know if we're going to be conscious parents we we need to own right like we can tap into an experience where that happened for us whether it's race gender class um you know some form of difference right um yeah and so that's the intentionality right you're not gonna be able to protect your child against everything. And it's having the conversations on, you know, this feels like a piece that is in our power, it's in our control um, to really own who we are and how we show up. Yeah. When you talk about loving yourself like a mother, tell <laughs> us more about what that means to you and how we can do that more. Yeah. I mean, I think at the root of it, it really is about self-care, which you're, you, you share and, and promote so beautifully. Um, there's many forms of it, right? Like we don't all love getting manicures and massages and um, that sort of self-care. I mean, I love that sort of self-care, but it's not everyone's you know, cup of tea. And so I, it's about taking care of yourself. What do you need? And as mamas, you like I felt like I was really great at that before my daughter was born and then you're like thrust into this whole new ball game right and you know it's not about you in the moment or in the beginning and you also know wait a minute if I'm gonna give I also have to like receive something for myself right so you know that but you're like how the heck am I gonna get it <laughs> Um, you know, so to be fair, in the beginning, right, it was taking five minutes in the bathroom by myself. Um, oh my goodness, I got a shower today. I'm, I'm loving myself by showering. And you build up, right? I mean, I know that's also at the root of bite-sized daily action. Um, that when I think back to two years ago when I made that initial transition into motherhood, right, like those actions looked a lot different than they do now. Um, and owning that, right? Owning that part of your journey that it's, um, it's, it looks different on the different seasons, seasons of life, seasons of the time, and, and what you need. Um, at the end of the day, it's for you to name, right? Um, you need, it's about knowing, yeah, how, how you're going to be able to give more, because we're able to give right? But we do, if we give too much, you then feel depleted. So what are the ways that you can fill that cup back up um, is really what it comes down to. And also owning, right? That while we, this community is mamas, that not everyone um, in other spaces is a mama. Other people that I support aren't mamas and that 
it's okay though. You can still love yourself that way, whether you fully had that experience as a child or you're redefining what that looks like as you become a mother. Um, because it's messy, right? I think something we don't often talk about is the relationship between mother and child um, can be complicated. And yeah, so we have to also redefine, reshape what that looks like as we become mamas. Yeah, well, and it feels like, like when I hear that phrase of love yourself like a mother, it just feels like, oh, that opportunity for us to reparent any of the pieces of us that didn't get quite what she needed or, or really got exactly what she didn't need growing up, depending on your relationship yeah. with your own mom. Totally. Um, you know, like I, I certainly have a lot of friends whose moms were just incapable of giving them anything that they needed. And then I have, you know, unfortunately I have like an amazing mom who gave me so much of what I needed. And of course there's always going to be those little nuances inside of us that need to be remothered and reparented. <laughs> I know for me in my life, becoming a mom, it was like the ultimate mirror of me seeing the places inside myself that needed more love too. Did you have that experience or are you having that experience? Yeah, I feel like it's evolved and it's like in some ways that's the messy right now. I feel like it's in some ways kind of smacking me in the face, right? I mean, mamas, I'm here sharing with you about loving yourself like a mother and I'm full on in the midst of it um, owning that this is a lifelong journey. Um, there's no, no mountaintop per se that I'm, I'm reaching. It's, it's definitely a roller coaster. Um, and yeah, we, we all need it. We all need the love. For sure. Well, and it, and it feels like with, I don't know, I, I feel like like the minute I feel like I have some sort of handle on my self-care, my self-love practices, my morning practice, what have you, then it's like everything shifts. And suddenly my, the schedule shifts, you know, it's summer and Annabelle is out of school and then Evie's doing this or whatever. And it's like this constant shifting, which means mm -hmm. we have to constantly be rejiggering that, what that self-care means. And what felt self-loving and self-caring yesterday doesn't necessarily feel self-care, like, like it's going to actually nurture and fill up my cup today. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, the example that's coming up for me is, um, I'm an athlete. I've always been an athlete. I still define myself as an athlete, but somehow in the, you know, depths of winter and schedule that has gotten lost and right. That newness of spring, maybe it's the knowing that I'm going to be in a swimsuit, right. That, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh, right, sweating. Sweating is how I love myself, how I've always loved myself, connecting in with my body. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate that again because um, I know it works. I know it, it keeps me alive and it's one way that I can love myself like a mother. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I just want to you know, pose the question to all of you that are listening right now. How can you love yourself like a mother today? literally today. And it yeah. doesn't have to be, you know, I love the image of you with your baby shoes, whether it's talking about self-care and self-love or it's talking about intentional justice or whatever it is, but like with those little baby, like it doesn't need, I feel like sometimes people think self-care is, you know, being in a, you know, meditating for 60 minutes and then being in a luxuriating bubble bath and then da -da -da, you know, whatever. And then they don't do anything because they don't have the space or the time to do this huge elaborate thing. Right. 
but like you said, it can be breaking a sweat today. That can be your self-love. It can be going and getting your nails done. If that's what feels self-loving to you, it can be taking three deep breaths right now while you're listening mm -hmm. to the show that can feel, and, and I feel like it comes back to that theme of intention and intentionality and saying, oh, there's a way that you can take three deep breaths and have it not mean much, or there's a way that you could take three deep breaths and be like, I am loving myself in this moment. I am filling my cup up in this moment. Totally. And I also think, right, I know that this is also where the mindset piece comes in mm -hmm. because there's days, right, where you're like, right, how am I going to love myself? And there's that shift we have to make for ourselves, right? We can't ask anybody else to do it for us. And so, um, you know, part of my work too is thinking about, okay, what are the things like, you got to name it, right? You got, you can't really sh make the shift if you don't know what you're wanting. And so it's about naming it, framing it, because sometimes doing a reframe or even just sitting with it for a while. I mean, I sometimes have a tendency to sit with it for too long. <laughs> I got to like get it, I got to get a little shake going on. Um, but then you like claim it, right? And, and claiming it, you, you're able to really set that intention, right? Um, and so you know, for those of you that feel like, whoa, intention feels even hard to do, right? I think that's the owning um, mentally that we have to do as mamas to say, yeah, there's a lot of intention we're already doing in our lives. I, I have no doubt if you stop and think about three things you probably did before 9 a.m., they were with intention, right? You, you knew why you wanted to do them. Um, you may just be more in a groove that you've forgotten along the way right and so yeah it's 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 about the, the small the small steps yeah awesome well as we start wrapping up here I know that you have a gift that you wanted to give to all of the listeners here on the show do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah it's been something I've I've kind of been working on um, in various formats but what I have for you today since you know I've really talked about identity being really at the root of all of this work is um, what I call an intentional justice dictionary so it has some of these terms around I personal and social identity um, to really kind of ground you and various ways you can be thinking about how you show up in the world um, and how other people um, tend to perceive us and then to really stop and fill out um, what I call simply an identity table. Um, and it's exactly how, how ooh, it's exactly how it sounds. It's a table um, that asks you to name different dimensions of your identity. And there's a piece that may make you feel a little uncomfortable because I have you go a step further and actually talk about, does that identity create agency in you or can it be, can you be a target because of that identity? And I think that's a really, um, from the work I've done, I've found that that's an easier entry point than just saying privileged, not privileged, right? right. Um, because when you, you know that that gives you some, yeah, agency or you feel really like on edge about it, um, it's easier to think about it in that way. So I hope that this gift um, really helps each of you start to explore your own identity, um, how you want to show up. Yeah, so you can download that at mamatruthshow.com forward slash identity, mamatruthshow.com forward slash identity, and check that out. I love that. I love 
um, the idea of being intentional about our identity and own taking ownership about yep. our identity. So again, it's mamatruthshow.com forward slash identity. And we will have that download ready for you. Check it out, mamas. And I, and I love this, depending on how old your kids are, it might be really interesting for your children to fill it out too, if it's most interesting definitely. for them. You know? Most definitely. I mean, the work, you know, I always believe you got to start with yourself, right? So fill it out yourself, sit with it, explore it and use it as an entry point, right? Um, I know I, my wife and I have done this work um, together, actually. It's been a while, um, but I, we've, we've filled this very table out together um, in the early years, and I think it's a great way to connect, right, with your, your partners or co-parents to see how they position themselves. And then also, right, as a family, you could very much easily fill out each dimension um, as a family and how you want to show up in the world. And even as I say that, I'm like, hmm, I should, we should do that um, as a family. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Um, so I think you know this, but the last question that I always like to ask all my guests is what's messy and what's magical about motherhood for you these days, Mama J Love? Yeah. What's, I mean, the magic, it's, it's, pausing the biggest the best gift I feel like from the holiday season was really owning presence um not physical presence and unwrapping but being together and I feel like I'm able to notice that um more quickly now um so for example why I felt like right you could do a lot of prep for us having this conversation together the magic of today is that I kind of pushed all that aside and, and had this beautiful organic morning with my daughter where she wanted to go to the park and be on her scooter and we played in the sand. Um, and what's messy? Toddler germs. Um, <laughs> she was like sick for two or three days and I guess maybe part of it's the magic of mama's milk. Um, but I have been sick for longer than I've ever been sick. And so um, I feel much better now. Um, but that's been the, the messy. I'm like, geez, toddlers, can you get to school? So maybe it's you're like, we're a little more not as sick. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> I know the germs are crazy. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. You're on the show. And again, everyone, check out that worksheet. I just, I would love it. And feel free to post in our Facebook group about what you discovered with that. MamaTruthShow.com forward slash identity. Check it out and check out mamajlove.com. Thank you so much, my dear. And Thank you. all of you mamas, just keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening, mamas. Did you know that Amy has a new ebook out? It's called Sacred Self-Care for Moms, Seven Steps to Nurturing Yourself So You Can Be the Mom You Were Born to Be. And you can receive your free copy by going to sacredselfcarebook.com. That's sacredselfcarebook.com. And please don't keep the Mama Truth Show a secret. The biggest compliment you can give is to share the Mama Truth Show with your loved ones and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. <laughs>